Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. I hope you uh, had a great weekend, Father's Day weekend. Had a wonderful Father's Day weekend. And uh, the, the tough thing is that it goes like everything else with holidays. They go by so quickly, you know, uh, especially at Christmas. You mm-hmm. keep waiting for Christmas. There's this big buildup. You're excited. And then poof, it's gone. Exactly. <laughs> then it was yesterday. Yeah. Uh, well, but, I'm kind of the single dad thing, and uh, you know the the family is gone. So that's tough. You know, yeah. You know, sometimes you know there are people that look forward to the holiday. I look at it as another day, and uh, not the podcast. Yeah. But I look at it as another day because. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, the, the, the nest is empty now and that's just the way it is. And I'm not old, you know, it's just, Nope. You're still just a young whippersnapper, you know, but I remind people too, you know, you know, when these holidays come and go like father's day and mother's day, it wasn't that long ago. It was mother's day and then it's father's day. And now they're both gone, but they're really not because you know, mother's day and father's day is every day. That is a 24 seven job. And for the most part, it's a non-rewarding job. You might get one day out of the year that you get some, get a card, nice, a text, okay. You know, or, you know, you have a child who goes, they, they start going, wow, look at all the things dad did for me. And they do something nice, and that's great. You know, but remember, it's every day. You know, just and like. And, of course, today is another holiday, Juneteenth. Today is yes. Juneteenth. Uh, I think I think it was Joe Biden who put that one together. I think I don't know whether he was awake or not when he did that, but uh, uh, June. So that means there's no Mel today, but just like the, I believe. I think that's about the only thing that's different, really. Even even uh, it's such a new holiday, and and there's some confusion as to what Juneteenth stands for. Uh, so I I don't know whether a lot of people are are actually following it. I know, for example, trash pickup for the most part doesn't change. Uh, the week of June Juneteenth. It's even though it's a national holiday, uh, but trash will change on the Fourth of July. You know, uh, so uh, hey, listen. Um, hey, we're you know, there's only so many days in the year. Yes. And pretty soon we're going to fill them up with federal holidays. Exactly. Where, <laughs> boy, you know, there's a way to put you under the government teat. Yes. Oh, you don't work. You know, you you stay. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's crazy, but this that this is going nowhere with that. But you know that. You know, I hope everyone did have a nice Father's Day's weekend. And, you know, it's never too late to call your parent or That's for true. your parent to uh, call your kid. And say, Every hey, day on? should be Father's Day and, and Mother's Day because they they mean so much to you, your to your life, you know. And, and it's, you realize it's so much, unfortunately, when they're gone. When they're gone, it's uh, you, you, there are so many things you wish you had said, right? And... Uh, well, if you've ever lost a child, uh, you know, and I can do that firsthand, I can say that is a tough thing to go through. Yeah, I know. And yeah. that's an everyday thing, too. So, I'll anyway. Um, anyway, my friend uh, Rand Paul was on Maria Bartiromo's show yesterday. Yeah. And he had something interesting to say about Bill Gates. Apparently, Bill Gates is over in China. I didn't realize this, but Gates is the largest funder of trying to find viruses in remote caves. This, of course he is. I've th- heard this before, and I know about this story. Listen to this. 
There has to be a reassessment. Look, Bill Gates has been over there recently. Bill Gates is the largest funder of trying to find these viruses in remote caves and bring them to big cities. So what happened in China is they went eight to 10 hours south of Wuhan, two to 300 feet deep into a, la into a cave, found viruses and took them back to a city of 15 million. There are many, many scientists who think that Bill Gates is wrong in funding this, that our government's wrong, that the Chinese government, that really we don't need to be searching for viruses that may never interact with man. And it's worse than that. They bring viruses that we may never interact with. They bring them back to the lab, but then they manipulate them by combining them with other viruses to create viruses that don't exist in nature. But this has largely been funded by Bill Gates. He, he funds the WHO more than most countries do. So there's a responsibility there. And I don't think he's not, I think he's well-intended, but I think he's inadvertently helped to create something that the biggest danger to mankind right now is something that he's been funding. And that is finding these viruses, taking them back to the lab and manipulating them to make them more dangerous. It's interesting what he said about uh, Bill Gates being the largest funder of these types of things. And you have to ask yourself, what is the purpose of this? Why is he... Is he doing this? Why is he spending millions well, of his dollars on on these viruses that, like he said, may never interact with us at all if left to their own, you know, a, a remote, deep in a remote place? Well, history can be a lesson in, in this. Uh, if you go back to the old Microsoft days, and he got in trouble for this, too. With Windows and everything, they used to release a piece of software. You bought it and said, oh, this is going to be great. But they inserted bugs in it, and all of a sudden, you know, and, and he had a he had a model where you know you you insert the bug and you sell the fix, and that's and I've had people there are a lot of people like that create the problem so you can answer the problem and make money from it, and that's what it's about. And it's also about you know control too, because if you control the fix on everything or control everything. You have power. I keep and thinking, though, Bill, he's one of the guys who believes that the world population should be 550 million and not uh, the, 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 what, six or seven billion that it is. So there's a part of me that wonders, this, um, is there a more sinister purpose behind this? Is he trying to, to make it so that the population is thinned, ultimately? Well, yeah, but what would he gain from that except more, you know, the, the, uh, you know, more power? Because if you have less people to rule over, you have more control over them, and you know you still have more tangible well, assets. Let's think about what he is. Okay, this is the guy who's one of the richest men on the planet, mm. and and you know when you are starting out at first, boy, you like to hit your f first million dollars. You know, I want to make my first. Then he gets his first million. Then he gets his first ten million. Then he gets his first hundred million. Then all of a sudden he's a billionaire and the money just keeps rolling in. And I think what happens is your goals and your purpose in life change drastically from the beginning. In the beginning, he just wants to be a success. He just wants to see his business succeed. But I think when you have the resources that this guy has, the billions and billions and billions of dollars, uh, everything changes. Your morality to a certain extent changes. Uh, for example, uh, when he was a young man, Bill Gates was married and had a family and, and, and that's how his life was. But as he became extraordinarily wealthy, all that changed. 
I mean, mm-hmm. he, he dumped his wife and uh, uh, he, you know, you've heard about him spending trips uh, down at Epstein Island. Uh, you're, you start to think of yourself in a different way. You start to think that you are special and you don't have to follow the rules of the common man. And that maybe, maybe we have too many of those common men uh, bumping into each other around the world. And maybe we should think about thinning the herd out a bit. I mean, who would it hurt? You know, of course, he won't be part of the herd. He and his friends will still be around because, you know, they've proven themselves to be world, worldly assets. They've proven mm-hmm. this. They create big things. So they're not to be replaced. Uh, that's, I think that's what's going through this guy's head. He's over in China shaking hands with Xi. And I'm looking at a picture of him right now, and he's very big smile. And I'm thinking, Xi is a communist who is so anti-capitalist; it's part of his his whole, you know, inner makeup. And he's shaking hands with one of the largest capitalists in the world. You know, this is an insincere pose. Oh yeah, you know. I mean, I I I just think that uh, this guy has morphed into into kind of like a monster bill. He's not the Bill Gates that uh, built the uh, Microsoft platform uh, 35 years ago, 30 years ago. This is a different breed of animal right now. This is a guy who thinks differently of the world and himself. Well, monsters evolved too, and that's what he is. He's a monster. And, you know, the picture with Z, and I mean, we've, uh, we've had people from the State Department go meet with Z and everything. Z is not going to change, nor are we. You know, sometimes those meetings are, you know, I think just flop to let the people know that they're talking, but they, you know, behind the doors, they don't, they can give two, a rat's ass about us. Mm-hmm. You know, so I wouldn't expect to see anything out of anything. Uh, with ba- Gates, you know, the fact is that story's out there. Uh, he's doing what he's going to do, and uh, us talking about it, which we should talk about it, is not going to change anything. He's yeah. going to do that. Uh, what it does tell us is we can probably expect sometime in our lifetime, maybe the very near future, another mysterious virus. But Gates will be there with the uh, possible Well, you know, what, what other purpose would there be for us to fund 40-plus biolabs on the Russian-Ukrainian border? Of course, we wouldn't have them in this country because we'd hate, hate to have an accident. So why not put him in a, a country that's for sale, like the Ukraine? And why not mm. put him on the border, the remote border of that country near Russia, you know, one of our enemies? Uh, and Russia, by the way, reacted the way a country that might be in peril would react. I mean, they, they looked at their border and they like, my God, there are these bio labs with all this poison, all this pathogen right on our border. This has to be stopped. And, and that's what they said they went into the Ukraine for. Of course, the West has turned that around. It was uh, They made it to, out to be Putin's uh, ambitions that brought them into the Ukraine. Uh, but in all, Russia has never strayed from their statement that they were there for those biolabs and for the Azov Battalion, otherwise known as the Ukrainian Nazi Battalion. Um I think, Bill, we're not being told the truth by our side. You know, why else would we 
not be trying to negotiate peace in the Ukraine. If if we were there for a real reason, you would think, okay, we'll give you equipment, we'll give you money, but it will go side by side with us trying to work out a peace deal so this, this war doesn't last for any length of time. The we West- don't want a peace deal because, yeah, anybody in their common with common sense wants peace. Russia, too. And you would think the Ukraines do, but what what's in it for them or what's in it for us? And that's probably the key issue right there. What's in it for us? Well, they say that the uh, the military make it, especially the arms people make just trillions of dollars in revenue from the war. They want mm-hmm. war. They want continuous war. I mean, why else would they leave eighty nine? What was it? Eighty nine billion dollars worth of equipment behind in Afghanistan? It's because they need they need to have it replaced. They want to have it replaced. If, if they leave $89 billion worth of military equipment behind, that means that they've got to replace it with you know, the same kind of equipment new, today. Yeah, and new it, equipment. And it will be more expensive. Everything's yeah. gone up. So it'll, it'll, they'll make more money on it. Yeah, you know, if you make something, if you, if you make a widget and you only have to buy it once— you know, you're out of business in yeah. no time after yeah. everybody that wants the widget. Yep. The, they've got it. So, so what do I need you for? You know, yeah. you got to come up with a new widget. No. That's right. You know, you, you create that demand and keep it going. So that's what they're doing. It's funny, too, because not funny, but I guess overnight, you know, I'm watching the news. I didn't really see a lot of things. I mean, you heard a lot of stories, but uh, I know that uh, the Ukraine hit a big munitions dump uh, for the um, – uh, uh, for Russia. Mm-hmm. And I'm like going, okay, I'm sure they had a little help with that too. So you've got the, that going on. Uh, there was some other story of interest. Oh, there was uh, there, there was a commander talking to his troops, Russian troops. They were just having, you know, a oh, yeah. top rally there. And all of a sudden, I guess somebody somewhere knew about it and boom, they hit him, you know? So these guys went for a pep talk, all gathered around. All right, we got them all in one place. Let's, let's get rid of them. You know, but that is a price of war. But I'm sitting there going, this killing's got to stop. And we got to quit sitting there going, oh, we support the Ukraine. You shouldn't fly either of their flags. You should just sit there and say, let's and pull this. out our, and yeah, yeah, let's pull out our money and say, we will sit there and try to help you resolve it with diplomats, but we are not going to fund your war anymore. That's right. We should say, look, we'll also help your injured Heal. We'll send maybe medical supplies, maybe some hospital uh, personnel, uh, maybe some doctors and lawyers, uh, doctors and lawyers, doctors and nurses. Uh, but no more guns, no more weapons. That's it. You you know you you you've got enough. I mean, they we sent them a bunch of Humvees. I don't know if you heard about this. We sent them a bunch of Humvees, and they uh, they I, most of them were destroyed like in less than a week. I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah, we're throwing money away. We are. Now, what we could do is is negotiate a peace there between them, get get everything on the table, get it worked out. Uh, there's, you know, anytime there's a solution, not everybody's happy, but get it all worked out. And then we could do something that we could really make money out of, not just the warmongers. And that is we help them rebuild because when we rebuild, that's money in the pockets 
of many Americans that can go over there and get jobs to re help them rebuild. They come back, but they get visas, and their people there can rebuild. And uh, that, to me, would make sense, but not what's going on now. Well, there's no talk about, you know, seriously, the, the stories on the Ukraine war have kind of just vaporized. It, the war is still happening big time every day, but you don't see the news uh, channels doing live reports from the Ukraine like they did a few months ago, going to the correspondent in Kiev. All of a sudden, things are quiet. You know. Well, there is the threat of uh, Russia using nukes. Now, I saw a story over the weekend, and it kind of caught my eye because I didn't know this. And one, one, in one thought, I thought, "Boy, that's brilliant." On the other thought uh, is, oh, geez, that's terrible. And what what it is, is do you know that there are thousands of nuclear reactors in Russia? And it doesn't surprise Russia? me. I, I okay. think I read I think I read a while back they're very heavily invested in, in nuclear energy. Yeah. Right. But, but a lot of these they can't keep track of. You see what they did is they came up with a mini uh, nuclear reactor, mm -hmm. you know, that they placed all over the place. Yeah. And now it's kind of forgotten. Now, these reactors, I thought, wow, little satellite reactors, that's kind of a good idea, although I don't like nuclear energy, but that's an, a, a good idea. Well, they put these things out there. They might be the size of a cement mixer, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, like, you know, the one that would be yeah. you'd tote behind a truck. Yeah. And I'm like going... Okay, but now the question is, where the hell are all these things? They don't know where they all are. And, you know, we talk about nuclear weapons, nuclear threats, terrorist groups, reactors, that they don't know where, obviously, that reactor is going to have some plutonium in it and everything you need to make, uh, you know, you can make a, a, a sophisticated dirty bomb with that. They have lost so much uh, uh, track of so many of their nuclear weapons, when the Cold War ended mm -hmm. uh, and the Soviet Union came down, uh, they literally lost weapons that they've never recovered. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of talk that there's uh, uh, not a not an insignificant amount of suitcase nuclear uh, weapons out there that we don't know about, that they've already made. Suitcase yeah. nukes. That's not something of fiction, just of uh, James Bond movies. They, you don't need a lot for a suitcase nuke. I mean, as a matter of fact, it doesn't have to be pure, uh, what is it, uh, pl plutonium. It can be uh, a crude kind of nuclear waste. It could be the kind of nuclear waste you get from hospitals, and they could, they could blow it up with a conventional charge, meaning they could have a big charge. Let's say they had Simtex, big chunk of Simtex, you know, you surround it with a bunch of uh, hospital-grade nuclear waste. You do it in a city, it blows up, and it takes out a few blocks, and those blocks are radiated. It's done the yeah. damage. Yeah, and that's the thing, the radiation, not only the explosion, but the radiation. We still got that 60,000, what is it, 60,000 pounds? Oh, it was, oh my gosh. What? They have um, ignored that story, Bill, of... of uh, Ammonium nitrate, I believe. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, put the, a put put a suitcase uh, with uh, plutonium in it uh, uh, in in a truck that has let, that. They have let that story 
completely disappear. I think the last thing I told you was they tried to say, oh, it was a leak in the rail car, and right. it just leaked onto the tracks, we think. That's, that's nonsense. That's a BS cover story. You know that. I know it. It's bull, and that's just the way it is. But that's what they want us to believe, and so that's what it is. 60,000 pounds, Bill, 30 tons of ammonium nitrate. That's the 2,000 pounds were used at the Mirror Building in Oklahoma City, and look what it did there. It took basically the building down. Well, there's two pieces of a puzzle. You know, you've got all those uh, reactors that are lost that have, you know, plutonium in them. Um, somewhere floating around, thou a thousand of them or more, floating around Russia. You've got 60,000 pounds of, uh, yeah. of ammonium nitrate that you can use to uh, make uh, a devastating bomb that can take down a big building and uh, several city blocks. You know, in a lot of places, you know, that's on the loose here. And I'm like going, one of these two going to get together and uh, make a horrible family reunion. You know, we're talking about uh, strange things and conspiracies and stuff like that, basically. And and I told you about uh, the helicopter a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, I want to play something for you. This, this right. was yesterday. You'll only hear the sound, but this happened at my house. Uh, if I can get the... Uh, the darn thing to wake, you know? You know what that is? It's a helicopter. Yep. In my backyard. I didn't know you were rich. <laughs> uh, were they, where, where were you going, you know? I mean, Trump has a helicopter. No, I got a friend. No. I wasn't South Carolina that has a helicopter. Now, you let got me, one, too? Let me ask you a question. I do have some power lines uh, about 200 yards from me. I can see them, but not as close as that helicopter was. That helicopter was out, and people said, oh, I was probably just checking the lines. It nah. was Sunday morning at 10 o'clock on Father's Day. Uh, let me ask you a question. Do they check power lines on, on Sunday morning? At 10 o'clock? Well, I wouldn't think it. Now, what kind of helicopter was it? A black one. Yeah, I I tend to say no because, number one, residential area flying rules uh, about, uh, you know, how high and close you can fly uh, in a, a situation like that. Have they ever done this before with the power lines and all the years you've been there? Well, if, actually, Bill, years ago I saw them do it. But they did it differently. Uh, how they did it years ago was they literally had like a Bell Jet Ranger, and it was, uh, it wasn't a black one. It was a, it was a multicolored Bell Jet Ranger, and the helicopter kind of did a side slip down the power lines right above the power lines. It it wasn't in my backyard, you know. I, I mean, my backyard is maybe like I said. Uh, from where that thing was, maybe it was 75, 100 yards away from the t the power lines. I mean, it was a good yeah. distance away, but it was Sunday morning at 10 o'clock in the morning. I mean, you would think they would do it during the week. I'm just saying it seemed uh, unusual. And by the way, this is the second time in less than a week that that helicopter has been on my street. Seriously, the first time he wasn't... He was right next door, and he was hovering. 
And and I, I thought to myself, well, if I was uh, paranoid, if if you know, hey guys, if you if you have some concerns about the podcast, uh, you can stop by the house or give me a call. You don't have to fly into my house. You know, I mean, uh, I'm just saying. It, but there they were. Uh, you know, I'm sure they said, oh, it's just a power company, nothing to see here. And by the way, they may have been looking at, for somebody else, too. Well, I was just going to say, you know, you do a podcast, and, you know, we, we can sit there and think, oh, we're making a big impact with our podcast. But the reality is there's a lot of podcasts out there. There are a lot of people that, you know, could, are concerned they, about our— There could be a criminal in the neighborhood. This could be, could be. someone that we don't know about, you know? Yeah, it could be, and and that's what I'm, I'm saying. You know, now you did have a power out today, which is kind of weird. Um, that's true. Uh, I've had, across the country, there were a few power outs. But, again, that's not a normal either, except that we do have an old grid, you know, yeah. and things can go awry with it. Uh, maybe there's maybe it's the precursor of something bad to come. You know, them looking well, around there, I don't know. The power outage happened around 6 o'clock Eastern time today. It was so close to 6 that that by itself seems strange to me. Uh, and it lasted for about mm, an hour. Mm-hmm. And then it came back on, and here we are. Uh, it could be just a summer outage. Or it could be something else. Could be. You don't know, and you just got to roll with it. But, hey, it's something fun to talk about, you know, in the podcast. <laughs> so hey, if, I, I, if, if this is a shorter po- podcast today, if all of a sudden you hear us stop mid-sentence, we had another prior outage. Uh, anyway, uh, a lot of things happening. John Voigt was on television. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you hear about the – he did this – he did this talk. He was on the Daily Caller podcast, and he was talking about Hollywood and right. Hollywood being sinister and corrupt and how oh, it how it has changed and how guys like guys like himself have changed over the years. Uh, but he, he was really very articulate and well-spoken. Listen. Hollywood has been propagandized. It's an interesting thing about the left, you know. One would think that you could look around the world in the recent history of the world and you would see every time socialism or communism, Marxism, takes root in a country, the country is destroyed in some way. Look at what is happening in North Korea. Look what's happened in Poland when Russia took over. Look what happened in Cuba. Look what's happened in Venezuela. And one would think that they get added up and say, well, let's not let it happen here. All these wonderful heroes of mine when I was a kid, all of the great stars of that time, Clark Gable and, and the Tyrone Power and Jimmy Stewart, all these guys were in the service. And they did dangerous jobs, too. But they all served, and they were all very patriotic people. And then it came to the 60s. And it seemed to fall apart in the 60s. That time is when this kind of leftism struck and this anti-American feeling was inserted into our society using the Vietnam War. I had a big hit at the end of the 60s. And so I became part of this group of people, these young lions that were coming forth, you see, that were all negative about our country, speaking out about the war. The end of the war was marked by the murder 
of two and a half million people in Laos, Cambodia, and Vietnam. And the left, the people who were out there in the signs of them, just walked away and took this moment as a victory. And I saw all of this carnage and that communism and the communist hordes that created all of that violence uh, were given a pass by this group. So I went through a lot of things. Even that didn't pull me completely to the right, but I saw a lot of things at that moment and gradually over the next years and with the influence of many good people, I came to understand certain things and the poison that, uh, that I had seen happen and that happened actually to me. This idea of propaganda is real gets to you. Now, we live at a time now where the media is pouring propaganda into people's homes. Slanders and lies are being accepted as truths. Donald Trump has been a Russian intelligence asset since 1987. We are at war with Russia. The nation and all of our freedoms hang by a thread. It's illegal to possess uh, these stolen documents. It's different for the media. So everything you learn about this, you're learning from us. And all the stuff that's going on further in our universities and in our schools that's damaging our, our children. And this is backed by most of Hollywood. If you're a conservative in Hollywood, you're on the outside. And uh, you don't have uh, an easy chance for a career. You know, people can hire who they want. It's a free country still. So it's their business. You know, they want, they want to work with certain people and not work with other people. It's okay with me. But, of course, there is this kind of bias, and it is reflective of the blacklist that they make such a big deal about. It's, uh, it's just as, uh, as clear a bias as, as that time. You know, when Lenin came to office in the first four years of his reign as the head of the Soviet Union, four million people were starved to death. Ten years later, under Stalin, another six million at least were starved to death. They don't know how to govern. They're just no good. You look at what's happening with Joe Biden today. He's destroying our economy. We're looking into inflation. Gas prices are going up. They're not good at it. The only thing they're good at is being destructive, as they showed themselves to be during President Trump's four years. All they did was try to destroy this country and bring down a sitting president. And now you have big tech participating in it. Can you imagine that this cancel culture, they cancel out the president of the United States? What? I mean, it's very, very serious. It's a battle for the truth. But thank God for our, our, our founding principles and our founding documents, and especially the Constitution. Even though it's been eroded and attacked, still enough of it has kept us alive. And I believe that we're going to prevail. That's what I believe. I believe all these wonderful people that have stepped up and can explain things to the American people. And once the, a person gets connected to the truth of things, they don't leave it. The truth is God's truth. The truth is God. Good is God. And we're fighting lies. Well, that's what's great about what this channel does, you know, what Ben Shapiro has done, what uh, Candace Owens has done, you know. They uh, have alerted people, awakened them. So we have a little battle on our hands. And, He's so uh, well-spoken there. Mm -hmm. That's John Voight. And, you know, people say, John Voight, he's a, he's a pretty good actor. He, he truly was and is a Hollywood star and has been for at least uh, 50 years. 
Right. I mean, the guy was uh, Midnight Cowboy was 1969, and that was his breakthrough that he was talking about, his hit back in the late 60s. You know, people say, oh, he's the father of Angelina Jolie. Trust me, John Voight has and is bigger than Angelina Jolie, his daughter. Uh, she's a beautiful woman, and, uh, she, you know, I don't know much about her, except that I think she's a liberal. I'm sure she and her father have spirited debates at the Thanksgiving dinner if they if they share Thanksgiving with each other. But uh, he is a patriot, and he's a guy who's learned. He's learned over the uh, the decades. Uh, he's adjusted and changed and morphed like a lot of us have. Yeah, you know, I, I doubt he has spirited debates with her. You know, usually if uh, you're a conservative. And someone in your family is, uh, you know, of the other persuasion, and that's very common. Uh, usually, they just kind of ignore you, as uh, as do. It didn't. It wasn't that way. Not so many years ago. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I think it started uh, happening during the Obama administration. They started vilifying very much so anybody on the right that that was right leaning, or conservative, to where they. The media drilled it uh, with with uh, negative memes, and uh, they would call you names to where it it got entrenched into American pop culture society that we're just bad. If you have conservative values, you're bad. I was thinking about this today. I was thinking about how when I was a kid, uh, Republicans and Democrats uh, lived side by side. They talked. They had much more in common than they have today. Uh, they were different as far as their political you know, parties were concerned, but that wasn't uh, something that separated them completely like it does today. I mean, today we are so divided. But you think about it, uh, uh, what, what we believe in is so divided. I mean, uh, most of us are pro-life. We believe in God, country, apple pie, you know, all the traditional things. Uh, people on the left are different. They stand for... I was reading today the the new governor of Maryland. He's a Democrat. He he thinks that having explicit sexual books in the uh, school libraries is a good thing, and that we're we're actually hurting the children by not giving them the chance to decide for themselves. Seriously, this is this is this is the well, executive of the state of Maryland, chief executive of the state of Maryland. I guess you do have the chance to decide for yourself, but usually it's when you're an adult. That you decide which, right. which side of the fence you're on. Let the kids grow up with neutral value. Well, kids you know? kids need boundaries. Otherwise, yeah. and you, not only that, ever ever see a large lion and a lion cub? If the lion cub does something wrong, the lion will swat it. Oh, It'll yeah. get it back into place. Boom. You know? And after a while, the, the cub doesn't do it anymore. And... and um, I, I think that kids need guidance, not necessarily a swatting, but they need boundaries. And you have to be, you have to set them and you have to keep them within those boundaries and they appreciate it in life. Kids appreciate your guidance. Don't try to be their buddies, be their parent, you know, be, be, give them the, the rules to the world so that they can live it well. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, I thought that was a, such a, a well-done uh, audio clip. He was obviously very relaxed, and he gave you like an insight into Hollywood, how Hollywood is uh, it's corrupt. He said, if you're, 
a conservative conservative in Hollywood. Uh, oh, you, you get nothing. You're going to ha- limit your chances for success, I think is what he said. All the people that I know, well, with with the exception of a few, that work in that industry or even now in the broadcast industry, um, if you are right or proven right, uh, for instance, what we do. You know, oh, sure. No one ever asked our political persuasions. No. Uh, when we were uh, in radio going up, and I'm, I'm you know, uh, it was a hard enough time trying to make it on, you know, without that thing. Yeah. Now, now, if they see a post that says, oh, well, you know, he might be a conservative. He does a conservative he, podcast. Ooh. He's not a member of our club. Yeah. You know, you That's can't, true. And you can't join that club unless you, and once they know that you were not a part of the club, even if you say, I've joined the club, I'm, I'm in the club. No, they're not no. going to take you. Uh, it, it is a closed circle. They just want, they would you know, rather eliminate you than have you in that circle. Rush Limbaugh was a pretty good disc jockey. He really was when he was a young yeah. kid. He was Jeff Christie in Pittsburgh. Um, and he knew how to do all the, the radio. The, he sounded great on the air, a young guy. But I would bet you that if he, after he had all his success in talk radio, if he wanted to go work on the air someplace as a disc jockey, he wouldn't have gotten hired. Meaning, they would if they had known that they were going to hire Rush Limbaugh to do a regular morning radio show uh, on with non political, they wouldn't have hired him because of well, his yeah. background. Yeah, well, yeah, his his political views can get him in trouble. I I and I'm actually recently as this weekend kind of had an example of that. But you know, the simple fact is. Um, you know, I'm out of radio now. I still do maybe some stuff on a, with a, with a network, but I do it from my home and stuff like that. But one of the, one of the cardinal rules is nobody knows that you're that guy on the podcast and can't know, you know, and oh, I, sure. think there might, there, I think there's one listener somewhere in uh, Indiana that figured <laughs> it out and I get, I, but you know, on a positive way, but, um, you know, that's it. I mean, they, they, they put two and two together. And, uh, but yeah, you know, like somebody uh, had uh, contacted me over the weekend going, Hey, uh, you know, we need a guy like you. And I'm sitting here going, well, uh, number one, I'm, I'm out of that business. And number two, you know, with the, Oh, 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 you, Oh, you know, (laughs) all of a sudden, yeah, (laughs) yeah, not so, not so. And And I'll be honest with you when you're feeding your family, or, or you're trying to, to perform, for, you know, to, to bring money into the household. Odds are, if I were doing the, you know, in a similar situation 25 years ago, I would have uh, kept my mouth shut and just done my, my regular you radio programs. The, yeah. yeah. I, I could have contacted you and said, Hey, you want to do a podcast of how we, uh, how we feel? Uh, the answer would not have been a no, but it would have been a hell no. Because <laughs> yeah, you want, you want to keep I mean, that money coming. But with that said, let's just say that people that are listening now, and, I, and I'm not trying to scare people away, um, but they're listening now and they're going, yeah, 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 that's it. You know, we're on the same page as them. We're yeah. saying what they're feeling. All right. So let's just say, and maybe you're a retired person and you're getting your your pension, your whatever, your retirement, and all of a sudden the person that's holding those purse strings goes, Wait a minute, this person's a voter and has uh, conservative values? Mm-hmm. I mean, when's the day going to come that they're going to sit there 
and cut you off because oh, they sure. have the power to do it. Yeah. I mean, look at look at guys like John Voight. He's still a great actor. He last thing he did, which was really good, was he played uh, a lead role in the uh, HBO series Ray Donovan, and he was great. He played a, a gangster, an old Boston gangster, and he was great. He was uh, acting, and he did it well. He's a great actor, uh, but I don't see a lot of big roles coming his way anymore. Um, I look at guys like James Woods. James Woods, I think he's an Academy Award winner. I think John Voight was too, but I think I think James Woods was an Academy Award winner. Um, he can't. He's not getting any new roles. He, the guy's only in his uh, mid seventies. There's still plenty of roles he could do, but he's been outspoken as conservative on all of the different social um, platforms, and everyone knows that James Woods is a conservative. So it's not that they go around saying, don't hire James Woods. It's like an unspoken pact that they have in Hollywood. Oh, yeah, it I, is. I, and I, I, I think I told you, I, I write stories and film scripts, and I subscribe to these different uh, websites that advertise uh, producers looking for certain materials. You know, a guy may say, a producer in Hollywood looking for a horror film uh, and, and they'll say for uh, this kind of an actor, age 30, 35 years of age, uh, as lead, and hopefully in one or two locations. They like to keep their locations down. That cuts back on the cost of the production. But now they've added things like uh, producer Hollywood seeks socially conscious oh, yeah. role for, I mean, they every script nowadays. Every producer wants something socially conscious. I watched a show yesterday on PBS. I don't know you saw. It. It's called uh, Ridley. It's a new series oh. and it's an English show. And I, I thought I'll watch this. It's, it's a British detective series. This should be interesting. Ridley's a retired detective, and he is what you would expect. Uh, you know the British detective would be, you know, very good at what he does. But the, one of the other lead character is uh, a detective inspector who's female and she's a lesbian and she's, ha you know, has a relationship with another woman. And it's, it's not, it's not good enough just to mention that she's married to another woman. Nowadays they have to Show them embracing in the kitchen on the before they go. She goes off to work. It it has to be very visual. It everything has changed in small steps. So you know, mm -hmm. it, before when they would mention she's gay, it would be, you know, uh, um, uh, she's her wife was in town to see her. Oh, okay, and that wouldn't be a big part of the story. Now, if you watch NCIS, oh, they blow it up. NCIS Hawaii. They got, a they got a whole uh, uh, subplot of uh, two agents, an FBI agent and an NCIS agent, who are gay and romantically involved, and you see this romance blossoming. And I'm thinking, I didn't watch this program to watch this social aspect of the program. You know, I don't... Uh, I, I got to phrase this just right, but and I'm not going to. But the fact that they develop um, a person, yeah, the, well, no, the fact that they develop a character 
that is, you know, gay. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, on the surface, I have no problem with it. But when they sit there and go, well, every show's got to have that. Yeah. You know, now I am no problem with, you know, whatsoever and never have with um, a show reflecting, you know, cultural, you know, uh, diversity as far as ethnicity, because I, you know, that's important. We are a nation of many ethnicities. Yeah. Ethnicities. You yes. know, yeah. yeah right. But uh, let's, uh, yeah, but let's not sit there. And um, let's not sit there and exaggerate things and make it what it's not. I know. I, don't, I know. That's exactly how I feel, too. I mean, I, I don't, it doesn't bother me that a character on a show is gay. If, no, if, it doesn't if bother me. If it doesn't me, but... detract from the plot, that's the whole thing. I watch the show for a story. And, and I want to I want to pay attention to the character. If it's a murder mystery, I want to see them solve that murder mystery in the be, you know starting in the beginning and w- working their way to the end. But when they break away with a sub story, uh, a you know about a relationship between a gay couple, you know that it is it's almost inserted intentionally. It's 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 like uh, guys. Just tell us the story. You know, with, with NCIS, the original series, it was just the story. Thank you very much. You know, they started out, it was very formula. There was a formula to it. They had the mm-hmm. uh, an incident happen in the beginning of the show, and then you'd follow all of the, the, char- the characters as they tried to figure out who did what, and then they would resolve it in the end, and that would be it. But now with, like, NCIS Hawaii, they start out with an incident – then they have this sub-story about this relationship, which detracts from the main story, you know? Yeah, but it's there. But, you know, it used to be in, in film, even when there was none of that insertion of that, you know, uh, well, the Dick Van Dyke show, you know, or the Mary Tyler Moore show, let's put it that way, Mary Tyler Moore show. They had separate beds because that was as close as they could come. And there was never, maybe it might have been a hug and a kiss on the cheek, and even before that, it was, you know, subtle innuendo. You you knew what was going on. You didn't have to because that wasn't what this film was about. And even if it right. was a love story, uh, there were ways that you could do that without, you know, get. I, I'm saying they're you know, trying to, they're you, selling perversions and seeing how far they can. Well, do you know how many great movies but, were done back in the 30s and 40s and you never saw the characters hooking up? Okay, you you just saw them. They would they would lean into each other's eyes, and maybe they'd they'd kiss, and the the lighting would change, the camera would move away, and they'd be on to another scene. Somewhere along the line, you know, all of a sudden it was it was mandatory that, for example, there had to be nudity in films. They have nude clauses and contracts now, where you know certain actors and actresses have to get naked in in a scene. Uh, and it doesn't really add to the to the storyline. It doesn't make it a better story. As a matter of fact, it, it probably weakens it. You know, when you're seeing uh, a couple uh, getting it on, I mean, uh, that's great. But what does it really add to the story? It doesn't. It yeah. absolutely doesn't. But we've pushed it. We pushed the extremes, and it's uh, it's it's a well, we're diluting. You know our moral values. I was we're, just we're seeing her up the DC Comics 
DC Comics has a uh, one of their new comic books has a, uh, a ca- two characters who are, I guess, bisexual or something, and 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 they they hook up in the, in the comic book. They 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 have a relationship in the comic book. I'm thinking, this isn't how it was when I was a kid. When I was a kid and had a Superman comic book, I mean, it was all action and adventure from beginning to end. Uh, mm-hmm. They're trying to influence us in so many. For, I was going to mention this, Bill, and this is, not, this is kind of stepping away, but it's sort of related. You know, we, we talk about Bud Light and uh, their Dylan Mulvaney uh, situation. And then we talked last week about Yingling, which it never made any sense. Yingling yeah. was supposedly backing a drag queen show during Gay Pride Month in Philadelphia. And then Yingling got a lot of flack and said, well, when, we don't know anything about that. We, we spend a certain amount of money to sponsor certain events, but we don't have any control over those events. And they haven't got a right to put our banner up and say, we're, we're bringing it to you. you know. Uh, so there was some feedback, and they took that out of the advertising and the uh, promoters of the event said, no, Yingling is right, that they really don't have any control over what we do here on, on our end. And uh, so that kind of was sort of a fadeaway. But then I was seeing where Bud, Bud has still sponsored some of these uh, uh, drag uh, queen events. You would think that somewhere along the line somebody would say, boy, this is killing us financially. We've got to we've got to back all of our marketing back for at least six months, and we've got to reevaluate how we're going to present our product. They're not well, doing it. They're doubling down. That's what you or I would do, you know, is back away and reassess it. But they have determined value in going after you know uh, the community uh, of sorts. And, you know, if that's where they want to put their marketing, they've drawn a line in the sand. And the way I look at it is they've told me that beer is not for me. Not that it's a bad beer, but they're they're basically, they're not marketing to me. That's true. You you know about the Dodgers, right? The the, the Dodgers and the the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Oh, them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, they honored them. This, This was the weekend that they honored the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence on the field at Dodger Stadium, right? Well, mm-hmm. let me tell you, out in the parking lot were they, several thousand protesting Catholics and Christians because, you know, they've gone out. Probably so, didn't see that. The, well, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence think nothing of mocking Christianity. They mock Jesus. They mock the cross. They do obscene gestures and acts in front of uh, these, they, they are really vile. They are vile, mm-hmm. okay? Um, in Dodger Stadium, it had a handful of people in the stadium when they were making their presentation. I mean, the stadium looked empty. And I thought, my God, you would think the Dodgers would just look around and see what the heck they're doing to their audience. They're flipping the bird the fickle finger of fate to their fans, the people who go there every day and buy the hot dogs, the hamburgers, the popcorn, the beer, that stuff, and cheer their their team, they're flipping them the bird. 
and I, it doesn't make sense to me. I, I think they can't be a bunch of dullards in the marketing department. They have to know they're going to piss off their fans. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, what? Then someone said, well, it's not, it's not a matter of money and, <clears throat> and sales. They're trying to raise their, I think it's the ESG score. There's some there's some new score that has been developed that says how woke a company is. Maybe I'm getting the wrong letters. Maybe it's ESC or E. We didn't get ES, the best, I think yeah. it's ESG, um, and it it means nothing really. The score except uh, they've they go around this group that does the rating and and it pressures companies. You have to have a high score, or it's going. You're going to lose your minority market. So, and they make it so important to the the, the marketing comp, uh, the marketing department that they forget about what they're really supposed to be marketing to. You know, I mean, they will right now. They will sacrifice ninety percent of their market to satisfy ten percent of this minority audience. That's what. That's well, where they're at right now. Well, it could be the old Bill Clinton theory, you know? Take 20% of the audience and super serve them, and you got the majority. If you're taking 10%, and that's the only 10% out there, but you got 100% of them, and the other 90% is divided, you you know, you're conquering and winning by that formula. But everybody will tell you, with the Dodgers, the... That well, what probably, they're doing is that, totally wrong. But that will probably be the last time the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence enter Dodger Stadium. They're not fans. They don't go every week and buy popcorn. They don't follow the team. They, you know, <laughs> so the Dodgers are blowing the opportunity. They could have come out and said, we support the uh, gay community. It's Pride Month. Congratulations. Play ball. That's what they could have said. But they didn't. They took a, a, a faction of this uh, group, this group, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, and they gave them an award. They they didn't they didn't just say they didn't just recognize them like hi here they are in that the round of applause for the sisters. No no, they gave them a plaque. They did as if they had done something special, and and that turned off so many people. I bet you they lost Dodger fans. If not forever, for a um, long time. I'm sure they have. You know, all of this talk gives me an idea for a T-shirt. I'm not going to say it on here because somebody go, oh, Bill. You're good like that. His, his, his marketing, Bill's marketing side is always working. Well, you know what? I don't do anything with it. You know, probably need to hire somebody or somebody, you know, we get together and hook up and I could give them a lot of ideas, but uh, who knows? Hey, uh, while we're on this subject, apparently Disney's new... Um, uh, their new woke kids movie. Oh yeah, one of like a pregnant Paul Walter, right? Yeah, yeah. With uh, you know, it it it's got a a, a, a non-binary uh, character in it. Yeah, you know, yeah. It it it's a big flop. You know, it's uh, it's, yeah. it's dying. But you know what? They're not going to stop there. They're going to go back and do it again. I'm sure. You know, and that's that's just what we were talking about. Yeah. They- Why would you sit there and do it unless there's another agenda out there? And they're going to keep going. And this, this is just the beginning, Bill. Yeah, this is just the beginning. Uh, Joe Biden was uh, 
speaking in Connecticut over the weekend, mm. and he got lost and confused. Listen. It made it harder for people to buy stabilized braces. Put a pistol on a brace, it turns into a gun. Makes it more, you can have a higher caliber weapon, a higher caliber bullet coming out of that gun. Can you please tell me what the heck he just, this is the president of the United States, the leader of the free world. Well, you know, then you had, there was a speech over the weekend. I don't have the audio. Maybe you do. I don't know. Uh, where um, Biden is staring at, uh, and it looked like he was like, yeah, I get it. You know, Fetterman was talking, and it was just is that totally. The one, is that the one where he said, God save the queen? Might have been. I don't know. He said a lot of things, and I was like, at some point in time, you get so confused. All the words, even the ones that do happen to make sense, are blur because well, this guy, you know, when, and I feel sorry for this guy. The queen died, what, three, four months ago, right? Three months ago? Maybe a little longer. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he said this over the weekend. All right. God save the queen, man. And then he turned the wrong way and got lost on the stage, and they had to come out. An aide came out and turned him around and walked him off the stage. Yeah. No, I was talking about a speech where Fetterman gave the speech, and Joe was looking on at him. <laughs> and Fetterman, yeah, we'll have to find that audio oh, a little I'd bit. I'd love to hear a conversation between Fetterman and Joe. Well, oh, Joe wasn't God. talking. He was just sitting there staring at him while Fetterman was sitting there swimming in a word of well words of mumble and just confusion well you know he had and, no and, idea what he was talking and about he, he's given up on the suit thing the suit thing is uh it's an inconvenience he does wear uh clean newer uh hoodies and baggy shorts but that's what he wears wherever he goes now everyone else is wearing a suit and the senator the junior senator from the state of Pennsylvania represents us with a baggy set of shorts and a, a hoodie. Amazing. Well, he's in for six years, so let me ask you, do you think in uh, six years or five years from now when he's up for re-election, he's going to win? I don't think he won last time, but then again, that's a story for another time. I know people say, oh, Jim, everything, everything with you is a conspiracy. Uh, I, I, it's only because I live in Pennsylvania. And I remember how they handled the election in 2020. I saw it with my own eyes. I mean, when they mm -hmm. closed it down at, at 1 o'clock in the morning and, and you're ahead by 800,000 votes, your candidate is ahead by 800,000 votes, and then you wake up the next morning and he lost. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Well, when you, yeah, yeah, you see the stuff, too, on TV with the uh, Pennsylvania votes. Now, of course, Georgia getting ready to file their lawsuits against Trump because he was trying to overturn the election. Although this just in the past week or so, evidence finally came out about the uh, voting machines there that the votes can be changed after the fact, which they saw. No, no, that doesn't happen. So, in other words, <laughs> you know, they're lying and they're they're put they're selling that lie. They're not going to let you do any kind of forensic uh, study of it because. Um, it might prove that uh, they got something bigger to cover up. I leave you with one other interesting audio clip. RFK Jr. was being interviewed, and somebody said, you want to be president. Does it ever bother you what happened to your uncle when he was president? Listen to this. But what do you think happens when you get into office? Like if you're, you're, you're talking about your uncle who's assassinated and you believe the intelligence agencies were a part of that. 
what happens to you? Well, I got to be careful. I mean, I'm aware of that, and I'm not. You know, I I'm aware of the of that danger, and I, you know, I don't live in fear of it. Um, you know, at all. But I'm not stupid about it, and I take precautions. Well, you know, uh, his dad took precautions too. You know, when he was walking through that kitchen out in Los Angeles in the that hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, God forbid anything happens to these guys. He's doing very well in the polls. And there's a lot of people saying that if they don't change the first states that do the uh, primaries, if it's still New Hampshire and Iowa, that it's not going to be Biden winning the Democratic nomination in those states. It's going to be RFK Jr. Uh, I think that's probably right. But the Democrats already want to uh, redistrict, realign everything. So. Uh, and that's because of Congress, too. They, you know, if they can't win it legitimately or by stealing, then they will reinvent their steal. And that's what they're doing. I had some other things to throw in, but I'm looking at the clock there. And uh, uh, one of them is a science thing. One of them is a question thing about uh, Biden. But we I got, think we today. Got, we, got one. We, got, we have time for one more, at least. Go ahead. Well, here, I'll, I'll just, I'll throw this one out here. I, mm-hmm. You know, my question is, uh, has... Uh, Science gone too far. Apparently, researchers have um, crafted a foldable flat robot. So, in other words, it's a regular robot. Yeah. But it can it can bend, shape, and rotate itself into any form imaginable. Uh, it's like a piece of um, origami. So it can sit there and fold flat, and tuck itself away to where it's out of the way, and poof, back up. Uh, but apparently there's a company, uh, uh, what is it, uh, something, uh, Boston Dynamics. Oh, yeah. Behind this. But these were Swiss. Uh, this was a Swiss team that came up with this. But Boston Dynamics had a hand in it, too. And, I mean, it's almost like out of the, the movie Terminator where, you know, yeah. the, the, the liquid steel. Yes. Well, I guess we've got AI that does that now, too. So, at, you know, it's beyond imagination. It's kind of scary, Bill. Really yeah, is. it was very scary. I mean, you can think of all the positive aspects of it, and then you're going, it's the evildoers that'll take that going, oh, yep. what can we do with that? When and, you hear a politician saying, oh, don't worry, we're going to put governors and uh, limits on uh, AI so that it can only do so much, it's not going to be uncontrolled, I think to myself, you're never going to stop some bad guy some rich, sinister bad guy from no. from breaking the rules. You know, you, you develop a uh, you develop something like uh, AI, and they'll just extrapolate it and develop it and and make it something that we don't want to see in our world. And, and that's where we're going, unfortunately. I think. Yeah, terrible place. Well, you know, today is probably because after the weekend here, I think there's going to be. A lot of news to be out there. I don't know what's going on or what's going to happen with uh, the Biden family investigation. I know that they're stonewalling all the evidence on it. Uh, you know, Department of Justice. You got to wonder why, though. They're turning a blind eye uh, to Biden and his family. And yes, they've raked in millions upon millions upon millions upon millions. But yet we, they look the other way. And I'm going. Well, why would they do that unless there's other people? in my mind, that are also, uh, you know, entities too, you know, that, sure. are, that are profiting from this. So I'm basically, I'm saying, yeah, the government's got a hand in what he was doing too. Yep. 
well, I'm sure this story, that story is being ignored by the deep state because they're co-conspirators and it's being, yeah. they're being protected by the FBI because they're co-conspirators. They don't work for us. They work for them. So it doesn't matter what we find out about them. Uh, I'm just saying there's a good chance the story can go nowhere, even though we see the somewhere yep. and we have the evidence of the somewhere. It's still going to be there's nothing there. There's nothing there. And that's what you need to focus on is who's doing the line. It is the people that are covering up saying nothing to see. Well, it's just like and there's a lot to see. You and I have said about 2024. Uh, we may win by a landslide. I think we won 2020 by a landslide, but we may win by a landslide. And we'll still lose. And I we'll guarantee told, there's a, I guarantee there's a memo out there somewhere that has the actual, uh, the election figures for a, an election that hasn't taken place yet, and it's probably uh, right on the money because they're going to try to steal it. And we will leave it at that, my friend. Uh, we've done it again. Another show. You want to contact us eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight. Our number is eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight. Mail at itsanotherday.com. Mail at itsanotherday.com. We'd love to hear from you. And please share us with your friends, too. That's the only way we grow. And, uh, you know, you go, well, you got a big audience. But you know what? Audience has to grow and keep being fed because, yeah, for whatever reason, attrition, whatever, you know, things can fall. They're not falling, but I'm just saying. You know what we, we haven't heard going. in a while? What? Joe. Singing as oh. singing as up. Oh, let me get ready. I got to dance. Okay, buddy, that's enough. <laughs> okay, that's enough. Me. The song's over. Have a great one, my friend. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> All right, adios. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>